Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman. Now I got a bunch of gigs, including NFL games for Westwood One, like the Giants and Eagles tonight, if you're driving around, as well as college football games for CBS Sports, like Mercer at Army on Saturday at noon. If you want to see Army run the option and Mercer run a little wing D, which is actually kind of fun and cool to check out. We got a bunch of ways you can be a part of the show. And win stuff from the show like this right here. For those of you that watch it on YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, my press pass from Monday night's Bills Chiefs game that I'm showing you on YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I will have one from the Eagles and the G-Men tonight as well. Plus, if you're an Army fan, I got a bunch of Army ones from this year. All you have to do is spread the word via social media. When I retweeted at Ross Tucker NFL or the great Greg Cosell at Greg Cosell or when the at Ross Tucker pod handle tweets anything or Instagram for the IG users out there, I do it on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It all counts. You're all automatically entered and it's true appreciation from me to you for doing it at all. Same with those of you that take advantage of any of our sponsors that you hear on the show, like the unbelievable Raycon earbuds I'll tell you about a little bit later. We also are trying to grow the YouTube page, so we appreciate those of you that subscribe, even if you just want to check out the highlight clips of the other shows. So let's say you don't listen to Fantasy Feast or College Draft or Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports or even even Money Podcast. You can see what we think are the two or three best clips of the show, either on social media at Ross Tucker Pod or youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. So pretty cool. Uh, the other people that are cool are our patrons. Shout out today goes to John Kerr. We're getting like a patron every day at this point, which is awesome. Patreon.com slash RT Media. I think they want to be a part of the group, the private Slack channel but at, for Tuckheads, but I also think they like that we're posting the bets from Even Money and the Friday Picks. 
and the press box food grades and the power rankings. It's all right there in black and white. So you don't have to write it down while you're listening to the show or drive around. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Every week we get to talk with Greg Cosell, the executive producer of the NFL Matchup Show on ESPN and on Air Talent, as well as 41 years at NFL Films. Absolutely amazing. At Greg Cosell on Twitter. Greg, a lot to get to as always. I want to start with the decision in Miami. And not the decision because there's a lot of different factors that go into that that have nothing to do with watching the tape right now. (laughs) But for people that might have forgotten, you know, there was no preseason. He hasn't really played this year. He got hurt last year. What did you see when you watched Tua Tungo-Vailoa on tape? What is he? Is there a good comparison for him for a current NFL player? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I guess for me, the comparison will start there. I think for him to be successful and reach his NFL ceiling, he'd have to play like a Drew Brees style player, an efficient, precise pocket passer, playing with high level timing and rhythm and ball placement. I think you'll see in that offense when he plays, I think you'll see RPO concepts. I think you'll see that bang play action, that three-step and quick five-step drop play action where he plants and delivers. I think you'll see what we call levels concepts, high-low concepts versus zone, where the reads and throws are defined and he can play within rhythm. Uh, That, to me, is what Tua is. He's really quick on his drop and his set. Uh, The ball comes out. He's... Uh, pretty consistently accurate in the short to intermediate areas. Uh, I think while he has some movement ability, he's not going to be a Russell Wilson type mover. I think at his core, he'll be much more of a pocket player who plays with efficiency and precision. I think that's what his game ultimately is. It's really interesting, Greg, because I think people think he's like a Russell Wilson type. I think that's sort of the perception is that he's mobile, run around, and he can move. But when I hear you say Drew Brees, I got to be honest with you, Greg, I think of Drew Brees as like one of one in terms of at his size being able to be that effective in the pocket without being a great mover that seems like it's hard to replicate. But Drew Brees is a great move in his prime. I mean, and he's still a solid NFL quarterback, but Drew Brees was a great athlete with really an athletic lower half. Uh, now, two is also six feet like Drew Brees. He's not big. Um, he'll move, but I don't think that he is one of those quarterbacks that will make a ton of second reaction plays. He'll make some. I don't want to suggest that he's a statue. He's certainly not. But to me, his traits and his skill set best profile as more of a pocket player in a well-defined, well-schemed system. That, to me, is what Tua is if he's to reach his ceiling. All right. So, Greg, tonight I will be calling the Giants and the Eagles for Westwood One. Really looking forward to it. So now I need to get your insight that I can just regurgitate during the broadcast and steal as my own. No, I'm just kidding. I did, by the way, I did, Greg, I don't even know if you know this, I did mention your name on Monday's Westwood One 
broadcast with Scott Graham, I mentioned how you had said that both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen had been having some issues with zone coverage. And by the way, both those teams played a heck of a lot of too deep zone, making everything go in front of them, making the Chiefs run it. So I gave you a shout out. This, by the way, Greg, is going to be the featured DraftKings game of the week since I'm going to be there tonight. Last I looked, the Eagles are four and a half point favorites. The total was 43. So for people that want to potentially place a wager on a standalone game tonight, it's the only game on, on uh, whether it's Westwood One or Fox Sports, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. What interests you about this game? What are your thoughts about the Giants and the Eagles? Well, I think the the unit matchup that's most interesting to me is the Eagles offense versus the Giants defense. The Giants defense, despite their record, is not a bad defense. Their D-line has played pretty well. They've got strong players across that front. Uh, They play a ton of sub-defense, both nickel with five defensive backs, dime with six defensive backs. Uh, I think that the Eagles offense has been – it, it, it's almost been a fascinating evaluation the last two weeks because it's kind of a fits and starts offense because the, they're obviously not putting out a lot of weapons and the O-line is obviously a, a makeshift O-line. But they put up 29 and 28 points against two of the best defenses in the NFL. Wentz has been very gutsy, very competitive. He's been more consistently accurate the last two weeks. He's not missed routine throws. Uh, so that to me is the unit that that is really interesting. The Giants play a lot of zone coverage. They play far more zone coverage than man coverage. So to me, it's two things have to happen. It's up to the Eagles coaching staff to uh, design route concepts that attack zone and attack the voids in zone and present a fine throws for Wentz. And then Wentz has to play within the timing of that he must deliver the football within timing because in zone you must do that you can't wait a beat and be late Greg I'm curious what do you see from Travis Fulgham I mean it's been three games now Do, do you see enough to have faith or belief that that this guy is the real deal and can be you know, an Eagles starting receiver for years to come potentially well he has traits Ross and I think that's what you'll look at you know, after two games, I, I I just am not one of those people that can say, hey, this guy's going to be really good. But he's 6'2", he's 215, he moves well, he's competitive, he goes up and gets the ball with strong hands, he attacks the football, he has showed some nuance as a route runner. So I think there's traits there that you look at and say with continued development, this guy has a chance to be a quality NFL receiver. Let's get to some of the other games, uh, Greg. And I, and I think let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans, two undefeated teams. Should be an awesome matchup. What interests you the most in that matchup? Well, there's a couple of things I would say. Let's start on the Titans' side of the ball against a really good defense. Now, we know Devin Bush is out, and Robert Spillane will take his spot. And by the way, Spillane played well last week when he came in. He's stylistically similar to Bush in that he's a smaller athletic linebacker. But I think one thing to really look for in this game is the Titans' play-action pass game, particularly their quicker play-action pass game, where the linebackers are the people you want to affect. 
They'll take their shots here and there. They always do. But they're very, very good with this quick play-action pass game. As I mentioned, the quick three-step, the five-step, that is something I really think they need to be effective in, in this game to, to move the football. Unless Pittsburgh runs away and hides score-wise, which I don't think will happen, we know Derrick Henry will get carries. Now, maybe he breaks one, but I don't think they'll consistently grind out yards against this Steelers front, which is really big and really good. Stephon Tuitt, Haywood, we're talking really good players here. So I think Henry will get his 20 carries, but I don't see him consistently getting four, five, six, seven yards. On the other side of the ball, what the Steelers do, as well as any team in the league, and they've been doing it for years, is they work the one-on-one matchups outside the numbers in the pass game. Ben will throw those balls, Claypool, Washington. So to me, the hat must be worn in this game by Jonathan Joseph and Butler. Those They will be matched up, whether it's man or zone, when you're outside the numbers, you're playing that receiver. And I think that's where... The, the matchup lies in this game. That's how the Steelers get their big plays. Talking with Greg Cosell, executive producer of the NFL Matchup Show. You also see him on the NFL Matchup Show each and every week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. A couple of quarterbacks I wanted to get your thoughts on, Greg, one of which is Aaron Rodgers. He played so well until the Tampa game And look, it's just one game, and I know Bakhtiari was out, and I know that Rodgers was under duress, but it still didn't seem like he played very well. Well, I think that was a specific game against a specific defense. And obviously, he he, if you just look at him, sure, it's easy to say that. But I think this was a fascinating tactical game by Todd Bowles. To me, that's where the credit goes. Multiple fronts, multiple pressure concepts. Really interesting defensive front alignments. You know as an offensive lineman, Ross, what are you trying to find out pre-snap? You're trying to find out who you need to block. Who are the four, well, really the five players that the offensive line needs to block, correct? That's what you're trying to find out. There's five offensive linemen. There's five defenders that are, are the five offensive linemen will be responsible for. The Bucks really messed with that whole approach, with the way they lined up, the, where people were lined. They on one snap they had Whitehead the safety lined up as a zero technique. So they they really did so much with that, and then came with pressure from uh, spots you would not necessarily expect based on the fronts. So it was one of those games. You know me well enough to know I'm not a blueprint guy. Aaron Rodgers has been in this league a long time. All of a sudden, what the Bucks did, it's not like, hey, every team's going to do that. And first of all, every team is not equipped to do something like that. That's been a Todd Bowles MO for years. Yeah, that's really interesting. Now, the other guy I got to ask you about, Greg, is Josh Allen, because now it's two games where the Bills have not really been able to put up very many points. Is it time to be worried about him? Is it time to think, okay, he's not really the guy he was the first month of the season? Well, I actually thought he did not play poorly at all the week before against Tennessee. But I think the Chiefs and Tennessee did two sort of different things. What the Titans did, uh, they featured disguise and late movement to get to zone coverage concepts. The Chiefs featured more man concepts and zone match concepts, uh, 
and more pressure versus Allen and the Bills passing game. Now, this was a bad game for Josh Allen in terms of his overall ball placement. And it started, you were there. It started with the first two throws of the game. You know, he missed Beasley on an easy throw. They wanted to get him in rhythm, and he missed Beasley on an easy throw. And then the second throw, he had Brown on a uh, short crosser, and he just airmailed it and overthrew him. So this was not a good game for Josh Allen. I don't think the Tennessee game was a bad game at all. Uh, so we'll see. Look, the people that don't like Josh, we know that the narrative has been written for those people. And it doesn't matter what he does this week. They play the Jets. Even if he has a great game, people will say, oh, it's the Jets. But, you know, I, I think Josh Allen is a hardworking kid. I think he will continue to get better. Will he be a 70% passer when all said and done? Probably not. Talking with Greg Cosell here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Absolutely love getting your insight into these games. What about Seattle and Arizona, Greg? I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be interested to see Seattle's offense. I think Seattle is a pretty defined offense. I think their pass game concepts, you know what you're going to get. They run them really well. Uh, I think their run game is becoming more of a factor. I'm curious to see if they rely a little more on that after their bye week, because that's what they've done the last two years and been very, very successful, or whether they'll stay more with throwing the football. So to me, that'll be intriguing going forward for them. Uh, Arizona's an interesting team. I mean, we saw the game on Monday night. Buda Baker, who's been a very good player, was he was just a dominant, dominant force. Obviously, that defense is without Chandler Jones. Uh, and he's as good a pass rusher as there is in the league. Offensively, the Cardinals are very weak to weak. Uh, they obviously play the Cowboys defense that's having significant issues. We know that the Seahawks defense has struggled against the pass. Uh, they've given up a lot of yards. They don't really have a pure pass rusher, which is what hurts them. And they're not necessarily a high percentage blitz defense. So they don't really make up for the lack of a four-man D-line pass rush with increased pressure frequency. So the burden falls on their secondary. Uh, now, Kyle, Kyler Murray has been very up and down this year as a passer. Obviously, his running ability can compensate and camouflage some of his inconsistencies as a passer, as we saw the other night against Dallas. Uh, but uh, I, I think Kyler Murray needs to continue to improve pretty significantly as a passer. He certainly can throw it. He's got a snap whip delivery and a very good arm, but the ball placement has been a bit of a concern this year. That's interesting. Um, what about, Greg, the Niners and the Patriots, yeah. both of whom had really interesting games last week. I'm curious to get your thoughts on their game this week. Well, the Patriots offense, and, and again, this is pure tape, but they, they were a little bit of a tough watch. They looked sluggish. They looked slow. They had no juice. There's no explosive element to that offense. Cam Newton did not play well last week. He missed throws with poor accuracy. He left some throws on the field. It just was not a good offensive performance against a defense in Denver that, by the way, you would think they would have a chance because when Denver goes to their sub-nickel with five DBs, they're playing the rookie from Iowa who starts and plays in all packages, Ojemudia. Uh, and then on the other side in their nickel, they play Devontae Bosby, who's been with five or six NFL teams. He had a stint in the AAF this offseason. So you would think they would have been able 
to exploit that, but their pass game was really, really bad. Uh, and we'll see where they go. Uh, now, I know they haven't practiced a lot. Some other teams haven't as well, as we know. But this was an offense that was a little difficult to watch on tape. Last one I wanted to ask you about. Um, how about the Monday nighter, Greg? The Bears and the yeah. Rams. I- I'm intrigued by both of these teams as well. Yeah, the Rams are are interesting. They they obviously did not have their best offensive game this week. Uh, I think for the most part, Jared Goff has been very, very consistent. Uh, I think the key with Jared Goff and Sean McVay is to do the best you can consistently in defining the reads and throws because when Goff is in rhythm and can turn it loose comfortably, he's a very, very good passer. Um, the Bears are a defense that plays uh, a lot of a lot of zone uh they play some too high so uh, their pass rush can be really really good uh, when their pass rush with their four man pass rush not a high percentage blitz team Quinn Mac they often line Quinn and Mac up on the same side in their sub fronts so you know what you're going to get as an as a uh, defense cuz you know the line will likely slide to the side of Mac and Quinn so you know what you're going to get but they're still tough to handle with a four-man pass rush. So I think that's a critical element to this game. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Just like I look forward to talking with you each and every week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Greg. Thank you so much for your time. All right, Ross. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent stuff there from Greg Cosell. You know what else is excellent? Raycon's newest model. The everyday E25 earbuds, their best ones yet. Check this out. Six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, 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 a more compact design, a noise-isolating fit. I've never been a big, like, earbud guy until I got these Raycon earbuds. They're awesome. My employees for Go Big Recruiting got them. They tell me it's uh, they have them in when they're making calls to college coaches, to high school families. Pretty awesome. And what's really cool is for a limited time, you get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Tucker. That's buyraycon.com slash Tucker for a special 15% discount on Raycon wireless earbuds. Make sure to check it out now while that deal's still running. Buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Tuck's Takes. Hey, Ross. Well, let's start today with Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami, who said he was, quote, shocked and his heart hurt yesterday after he was benched for Tua Tungavailoa on Tuesday. You know, I got a lot. I could say a lot about this one, Bry, but Fitz saying his heart hurt hurt my heart a little bit. And it's so often that you hear people, athletes say it's not about the money. You know, it's not about the money. Well, this is proof, right? Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is getting paid for the rest of this year either way. And in fact, you know, for business reasons, it's probably nice now. He, he played pretty well. Can sit on the bench, doesn't get hurt. You know, he'll be able to sign somewhere again next year. No problem. That's not what it is for him. It's not what it's about. He wants to play. He wants to be out there. And I think it puts the pressure on Tua Tungavailoa even more 
to play well because if Fitzpatrick feels that way, certainly there are other Dolphins veteran players that feel that way about Fitzpatrick, and they know now for sure how Fitzpatrick feels about it. So I think it puts even a little bit more pressure on Tua, which makes the decision to go to Tua now even more intriguing. Takes. Pretty big news in Las Vegas where Trent Brown was placed on the COVID-19 list. And as a result, John Gruden sent all five starting linemen home from practice. Right. We'll have to see what happens with the COVID protocols now and the close contacts. I think he was being safe. I guess they'll find out over the next day or two. You know, those guys will keep testing and they'll see if they were, in fact, close contacts. I, I think that they might have to have five days of clearance or at least – actually, you know what? I think as long as they – if they're asymptomatic and as long as they have multiple days where they test negative, I think they're okay. I'm a little bit confused on the process right now. For the other linemen, I mean, Trent Brown tested positive, so he's clearly out which is a big loss for the Raiders going against the Bucks and that D-line. We saw what they just did, and Greg talked about it, to the Packers. That's a pretty big loss for the Raiders, to be sure. And we'll see how many of these other offensive linemen may have gotten it or may not be able to play for the Raiders. This was one of the, the fears, obviously, coming into the year, is what happens if an entire position group gets it. Ducks takes. Speaking of the O-line, Bills cut guard Quentin Spain, the Eagles cut guard Javon Brown, Seahawks signed linebacker Michael Kendricks to the practice squad, and LSU announced that former wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. has been banned from the school for two years after his making it rain, I guess you'd say, at the Superdome after they LSU won the national championship. All right, so for Quentin Spain, I am surprised the Bills were not able to trade him. He played well last year. He got an extension after the year. I'm a little surprised that that they put him on the bench. I think, you know, why did they sign Brian Winters then? It's because they didn't know that, you know, they were going to put Cody Ford at guard because they wanted to get Cody Ford on the field because Daryl Williams is playing well. But they should have just had Cody Ford at right guard and Quentin Spain at left guard and not signed Brian Winters, but whatever, they're doing what they think they should do right now, but that really hurts their depth. A little surprised they couldn't trade him because there are a lot of teams, like the Eagles, for example, that could really use a starting guard like Quentin Spain. He'll probably get signed pretty quickly. He's a solid starting guard in the NFL, and there are several teams with injuries that could really use him. As for Jamon Brown... I, I feel bad, but I don't. He got an opportunity. He did not play well at all. There's not really a reason for the Eagles to keep him if he's going to play as poorly as he did on Sunday. I mean, the value of a guy with 47 starts like that is you feel like you can put him out there and he'll he'll be able to not be a liability. Well, that's exactly what he was against the Ravens. I mean, they probably win that game if Jamon Brown doesn't play as poorly as he did. So I understand why they cut him. Michael Kendricks, man, the Seahawks have had all kinds of guys on their practice squad recently. All kinds of guys. You know, it's like Snacks, Harrison. I'm trying to think who else. They've had a lot of good players. Is that where um, 
The safety is as well, who used to play for the Browns and the Packers, whose name's escaping me right now. Um, Darius Demarius Randall. I think that the Seahawks, Seahawks have been stashing guys on the practice squad. Maybe next up's Antonio Brown. We'll see. As for the LSU thing, look, I thought it was funny what Odell Beckham Jr. was doing, like handing money to those guys. I thought it was kind of hilarious for it to be that blatant, that out in the open. But he he's just not, not the brightest bulb. I mean, so many of the things he does, it's just stupid. Like, it's funny, but it's just not smart. You know, you, you can't – look, he could have easily given those guys money. You just don't give it to them on the field at the Superdome when there's a million cameras out there. I mean, if you wanted to reward those guys, and that happens, believe me, you don't need to do it in the open like that. It's just not smart. And then he also had quotes yesterday where he said COVID would not would never enter his body. You know, he respects COVID. COVID respects his body. It's a mutual respect thing. What are you talking about, dude? What are you talking about? What's scary is I think he believes some of this. Like, scary. Really scary. Ducks takes. It's Thursday, so we have a game tonight. Ross, you're going to be there. Giants and Eagles. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, the vaunted double dip. I'll be doing Eagles pregame for an hour, six to seven. Then I got to get ready for the game which starts at eight. The Giants have really struggled against the Eagles, really struggled. But the Eagles are so shorthanded. Now, the good news for the Eagles is that it looks like Lane Johnson will play at right tackle. They are getting Deshaun Jackson back for this game, who's a really good complement for Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward. I mean, if Deshaun Jackson... Can, can be what Deshaun Jackson normally is, Bri. Then you have the speed guy in Deshaun Jackson, Greg Ward in the slot, who's pretty good, and then you have Travis Fogum, who Greg Cosell talked about earlier, who looks like a good X receiver, big X receiver, contested catch. So the Eagles kind of have a decent trio tonight, actually. And Matt Pryor is off the COVID list. I don't know if they will but he could conceivably start at right guard next to Lane Johnson, Herbig at left guard. I mean, they could actually have a decent group. Now the tight end's still a mess. The running back's still a mess. But the Eagles could be healthier, believe it or not, at certain critical positions, even with Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders out for the game tonight. Greg is right, though. The Giants' defense has played pretty well. I think it really comes down, and this is not like – a shocking revelation. I think it comes down to turnovers and which team has more. We know that Daniel Jones has a lot of turnovers. Wentz has had too many this year. I just think with those guys coming back for the Eagles, short week, they'll find a way to get it done. It's probably, I'm going to say, 24-23 Eagles. I sit on the Even Money podcast. I kind of like the Giants catching the points. I kind of like... You know, the over 24-23, something like that, maybe 24-20. But I'll take the Eagles to win that game. Remember to check out the Amazon banner ads on the homepage at RossTucker.com. It's huge. If you do nothing else, 
for the show other than just bookmark those. Uh, go to the landing page, bookmark the landing page on your phone or on your laptop or wherever you buy Amazon stuff. That really helps us. Shout outs today to Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, and Vision Comics with an X. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.